the J Cut, and this is the K Cut, a movie podcast for movie lovers. We're going to just jump right into this thing. This is the fourth episode of our Oscars roundtable celebrating the 94th Academy Awards. And we're going to keep it short by going through all of the shorts, you know, documentary shorts, subject, animated shorts, live action shorts. Plus, at the end of this episode, we're going to... We're going to tell you what we think about the Oscars keeping things short by axing eight categories from the live ceremony. Well, you don't want to miss it because, just believe me, you don't want to miss it. So, we're going to get through the categories first and we're going to start off with the animated shorts, which, need I remind people who um, are bringing their kids to this to these shorts in, in cinemas. Not always kid-friendly. No, they're not. So... <laughs> I am super excited about this. I've been dying to discuss this category. Your nominees are Affairs of the Art, Bestia, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. So, James, give us those animated shorts. All right. So, my ranking goes last Affairs of the Art. It was okay. It didn't have an ending. That's true. (laughs) I won't accept how it ended as an ending. It was like and the animation was really good for what it was, but uh, just I don't know. It's just it was it was kind of forgettable. It's forgettable, but not forgettable because I won't forget like kind of suffering through it. <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay. Like like it could have been really good, but I just see like yeah, I don't know. Just something felt really off. Number four, I put box ballet. I thought the the animation was really interesting. Uh, the overall story was okay. I thought the ending seemed abrupt, and I didn't. Like when the credits hit, I was really confused because I thought there was going to be more than what was in the final frames. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely it was definitely a fun watch. I put Robin Robin third because it's it's fun, it's fun, it's really well animated. It's something it, it's it's something everybody can enjoy unless you're just like not into like more cutesy stuff. It was like what was that one from the Disney one that was nominated last year? A Burrow was that Burrow? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like that. It was it was just more of a fun one. Now, the first my top 2 was really hard to pick. I put Bestia second. And this one was just so interesting. The animation style and the story. I think what puts it at number 2 was like it it isn't quite obvious what it's about. So like it took me a second to realize and also kind of like digging into like what the point of it was, but I think mm-hmm. it was it was really well done, especially it, it doesn't feature dialogue, but I think what they did with sound and music was just amazing. And uh, number one is the windshield wiper. Uh, that was just I was just blown away. I mean that that scene in the grocery store with the uh, two people on the uh, dating apps and how that kind of resolved. It was just so just I don't know. It just resonated with me. It was it was a very good like kind of. It's kind of a good critique on how we live life currently. And it's just the animation was just, oh, I don't know how they did that, but it was just so top notch. So who's the win? Uh, see, this is tough because I want to say it's the windshield wiper, but it could go to Bestia, but I'm, I'm going to say the windshield wiper. Yeah, I always find that the animated or the, the short categories in general are really hard to predict because we're often on a different wavelength from the voters, basically. Mm-hmm. I guess it's my go now. So I put Robin Robin fifth. I found the characters in the story really dull. I thought it was cute and well done, but it just I just couldn't get into it. It didn't do anything for me. 
Um, competently animated, though. Affairs of the Art, like you guys think, it was all over the place. Sorry, I know we're obligated to vote for the NFB one, but no. Um, it just didn't go all the way for me. Windshield Weeper I liked. I couldn't get into the animation style as much as you guys, but I thought the story was very strong, and the sound and music and everything like that. Box Ballet I really enjoyed. I just felt it captured so many different moods, it incorporated so much history, and the characters were really well juxtaposed. And I put Bestia first because I think for similar reasons as Box Ballet, it covered a lot, but it also had this compelling story. Very dark, by the way, definitely not for sensitive viewers. And I think it might take the win because I I think this style has resonated with the Academy before, and I think it will again. I think they want to go for the art and prestige, but maybe Windshield Wiper's just a little too out there, so that's where I'm going. Bestia. Alrighty, so I could safely say that I have the I have the identical list too. Oh, I mean, there's no mystery here because uh, Rachel basically uh, alluded to the fact that I love the windshield wiper. So James, uh, I, have, I have an identical <laughs> list to James. Um, affairs of the Art, I feel like because I'm, you know, a hashtag Canada, I understand the Affairs of the Art maybe a little more. But like at the same time, the NFB has so many great shorts. I don't know between this one and that one a few years ago with like the, the animals and like what was it? It was like the, um, like the, like the psychiatry session. Why are these the best things we have to offer? It's not. I feel like we could do so much better. And the Affairs of the Art is better than that other one, whatever it's called. I don't even care to remember. Um, the art style is fantastic. It's got something interesting to say. But it ends on such a thud. I feel like it it, it shoots itself in the foot. It's just, yeah, moving on. Um, it's got no ending. It's got no ending, and as a result, it's got no purpose. Like, I get what it's trying to say about, you know, devoting yourself to art. Well, if you devote yourself to art, you might as well just devote and, you know, go the distance, which you, you didn't. So, uh, Box Ballet, um, I really like the, uh, the dichotomy between, you know, the, uh, the prize boxer and, you know, the ballet dancer, especially because for years I've said that the wrestler and Black Swan, both Aronofsky projects, um, have so many similarities between one another when it comes to like, you know, how far, see, this is like how far people are willing to go for their art, affairs of the art. This is how it's done. Um, I, I feel like I liked it maybe a little bit less than you did, Rachel. I feel like it's still really good. Um, that's the thing from here on out. I, I liked the rest of these. Um, Robin, Robin, I understand what you're saying, Rachel. I guess I'm just easily amused, and I, I love stuff like this. To me, this had a very Wallace and Gromity type of vibe, where it's like innocent but also still like playful and, well, and imaginative. What's that? It was Ardman, so that makes that. <laughs> That's there. You go. There you go. So um, that makes it. That that makes sense. Um, Perhaps a wee bit overlong because I mean this thing's like thirty-five minutes, but otherwise I I had no problem with this. Number two, I had Bestia, which, uh, good lord, I love the feeling of having the rug pulled from underneath me, and I feel like this anti-fascist film is just pure brutality and just pure um, visceral storytelling, uh, you know, even in the most taboo sense. Uh, I mean, it's kind of in the name. I, I feel like, yeah... I, I love when things go the distance like this, even though it's challenging to a lot of other viewers. I love when this stuff happens. And for me, the windshield wiper is kind of similar. It doesn't go as far, but it's more, 
it's it's it relates to more people and in the same way that you gave a shout out to the grocery store scene james i've got to give a shout out to the satellite where that alone like broke my heart never mind some of the other stuff that i don't really feel like is appropriate to bring up on the pod because it's also a bit of a a bit of a challenging it's a mature watch. To watch it's a very mature watch as well not bestia mature but uh, i will say uh, both bestia and the windshield wiper i gave 4.5 out of 5 they were two of my favorite film related things of last year when i initially wrote my rankings on films fatale i said robin robin might win because it's the easiest to watch it's the least challenging but having said that I feel like, perchance, perchance you guys might be onto something with Bestia, because here's the way I think about it. If something as challenging and as, as disturbing and as uneasy as Bestia was not going to win, why was it nominated? How did it get this far? It might mm-hmm. go all the way. Yeah. And the thing is, um, animation from Chile has really been making its mark lately, and it has historically done fairly well with the Academy, so that's where I was going with that as well. Yeah, I think I think it has a chance. I'm I'm, I'm going to change my mind tomorrow, but for now, let's hop on the Bestia train. All right. Well, that seems like a pretty cool category. Which one's next? Um, let's do live action next. All right, James, take it away. And those nominees are Alakachu, Take and Run, Please Hold, On My Mind, The Long Goodbye, and The Dress. All right. Well, that's exactly the order I ranked them in from top to bottom. So that works. So the dress I put at number five, I think it was like a decent story and the lead performance was really good. It just didn't quite capture me. Um, It just wasn't as memorable. And I think the love story slash not a love story that was going on was a little, it needed better cohesion. The Long Goodbye I thought was great, but I thought it really unraveled in the second half. It didn't hold together in the end as a complete film, but some of the segments were very strong, some of the strongest in this category. On My Mind, I thought was great. Um, It was really compelling and I think just very moving. I think it was probably one of the more moving of the bunch. So solid number three. Please hold really great style, really good story, interesting lead character. It just had every element to put it all together. I just think it couldn't compare to the sheer scope of Alakachu, which is one of the strongest shorts the Academy's nominated in years. It's heartbreaking, and it's powerful, and you're rooting for the lead the whole time, and just every element comes together so strongly. I honestly wish it had been a feature or somehow eligible to be nominated with the features, because my goodness. That said, I think Please Hold's going to win because I'm thinking back to last year when Two Distant Strangers took it. What Please Hold has is that it has a very relevant and interesting story. It's strong in that way, but it also has a hook. It's just a little bit different with its sort of sci-fi premise, and so it brings you in in that way. Now, it doesn't have the advantage of Netflix distribution, but I just think that it's got both the style and the substance, and that will be enough to bring in the voters. I actually had the exact same list as you, the exact same ranking. So, um, you know, I agree pretty much exactly with the dress. It's not the worst short I've ever seen. It's actually not bad. However, I feel like it, uh, which is never a good sign for a short, overstates its welcome in some areas, which, again, that's never a good sign for a short when you're, like, between 5 minutes to 40 minutes and you 
you feel like you kind of like overindulge in some areas, it's not great. I'm not entirely sure what I was trying to say when it comes to the male gaze or fetishization, um, but I feel like I missed its mark when it came to that in a in a not so in a not so pretty way. Um, I feel like it had something worth. You know, it had something worthy of being said, and I feel like the lead actress is actually really good. I just feel like some filmmakers need a little bit more time figuring out how to work in the confinements of, of a short duration, because this, this wasn't it. Um, the Long Goodbye, I like for the most part, but I've said this on Films Fatale as well, I like the bookends. It starts off fantastically setting up the scene of this family, you know, in the middle of London. Um, and the way that it ends is fantastic, but I feel like the mid, the midsection where it's like the most harrowing completely gets misused because of the use of conscious hip hop on top, which completely pulls you out of the horrors and extremities of what's going on. Um, I get why the song is used. I feel like it just was used very poorly. And I feel like using Riz Ahmed, who is, you know, he was a rapper before he was an actor, um, using him to do spoken word hip-hop at the end anyway, I feel like we didn't need that because his rapping is fantastic and what he's saying is very poignant, very impactful. I feel like I feel like it wasn't necessary. It completely pulls you out of the monstrosities of what's going on, especially in a time when we needed it the most to really understand it. I don't know. I feel like it's really good, but it has some shortcomings. So on my so mind, I also have... What's that? So to speak. So to speak. Because <laughs> uh, it's a short. Um, on my mind, I place third. I feel like there are some shorts that just, again, know they're, like they're, they're, the limitations of their duration really well. And on my mind, slowly reveals itself in such a nice way. It has very few characters, very limited settings, but I still felt transfixed the entire time trying to figure out why does this guy have to sing this Willie Nelson song at a karaoke bar with no audience? Uh, you know, the karaoke machine's not even set up. Why does why is this such a fixation of his? And I feel like its slow delivery of information is actually really good. Um, however, I feel like the next short, Please Hold, does something similar, but has an even stronger staying power with me, where um, On My Mind is a little bit more sad please hold is kind of just nauseating and you know you brought up uh two distant strangers and i feel like it's a very good comparison because this is also like a futuristic look at systemic racism and what happens when we we have a very flawed judicial system and this is done in such a interesting way it reminded me a lot of terry gilliam's brazil where you know when you're arrested your credit rating is affected something like this it, it just felt very similar to something like that, this dystopian world, you know, through the eyes of a hyper-capitalist uh, sense of technology. And I feel like it's as humorous as it is effective. I feel like it's a, it's a great short. Having said that, Alakachu Take and Run has to be one of the best shorts I've seen in the last 10 years, especially when it comes to live action. I feel like it's good enough that when I revisit my best 100 short films of all time, it'll make it'll make it on there. I honestly feel like it's that good. I feel like it's so impactful, so well-constructed. It utilizes every minute perfectly, unlike the other films, even the good ones. There's nothing I would take away. There's nothing I would add. This feels like a fully-fledged feature film, narratively, 
you know, through its tension, through its pacing, through its acting, the lead actress is sensational. Everything within its short runtime, it could not have been longer. It could not have been shorter. It is perfect with what it's doing. So having said that, the only reason, the only way I'm going to disagree with you, Rachel, is I actually think Alakuchi is going to take it. The reason why... I hope so. And the reason why is because sometimes the Academy gets it right when it comes to the shorts, because I feel like them releasing the shorts together gives this incentive to watch them all. And I can't see how anybody would put anything above something like Alakachu Take and Run when it is sensational. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. All right, I'm up. So the dress lasts pretty similar sentiments as everybody else. I mean, it was a good attempt, but it just sort of falls short. I thought it was shot well. I think for the technical aspect, it, it, it looks nice, but yeah, it was just sort of whatever. Now, four I put on my mind, and this isn't to discredit it, it for not being as good or anything. The part where the boss is a jerk and doing work, like just out in a booth, I just felt was very forced because it's like there's no office. Oh, so you're just staring at receipts. That's not work. <laughs> So it's like it's my it's very nitpicky, but also I think like the fact that he just wouldn't outright say why he was doing the song, it just seems like it's I don't know, I found it very typical of like some older movies that would like, you know, where you could do that, but I just think in the times I think people are so transparent about their issues that they'd have no problem be like, Hey, I'm doing this for this reason. Number three, I put the long goodbye. I, I think the only thing that does hold it back from being ranking higher is the song. But I think part of it is also because it's like this, the beginning's great. And of course, him spitting that freestyle was great. I mean, the tonal shift was a bit dramatic and was kind of like shocked me a bit because I didn't realize it was going to go that far. But I think the other thing is it also was partially done in promotion for his album at the time. Mm. That that is under that makes a lot of sense now. Because because that, that's that's that song that plays is his song, and there it's from a whole album where I think he discusses issues like that. At least I think that's what the album's about. But yeah, like in the in the link on YouTube, it says here's a link to the album. So it was partially oh. a promotional tool. So it, it it wasn't just like a vanity project for him, but it was like actually had an other function than just being a short. Now my top two. These I'd say are interchangeable. I put Alakachu second and please hold first, but you could just it could go either way for me. With Alakachu, that was just masterful storytelling. It was shot great, the screenplay was great, you know. You're right, it it wasn't over long, it wasn't undercut, it was just perfect. Also, I'm so happy that it ended the way it did because I was getting super frustrated by the end of it, <laughs> given its subject matter. And uh please hold was the only thing about it that's really different from real life is just the sci-fi aspect just like how automated that scenario was it's that literally happens like that like it's not as far-fetched as it wants to make it seem it's like it's like don't look up like as far-fetched and as you know you know hand hand over fist satirical it wants to be that's what it was like in the states but yeah, I think as far as winning, I will. In, in another note, on please hold. I'm a sucker for dystopian sci-fi stuff like this. Like it was like a mini Twilight Zone episode, so that that's where it gets a lot of cool points it with me. Really was. But I gotta get honestly. I think the Academy is gonna pick Alakachu. I really hope it does because that was just. Yeah, I I would watch that short a hundred more times. <laughs> I also like that it was a because that was on Netflix, right? No, it wasn't a Netflix. We got the screener for that one. Mm-hmm. That's right. We had a screener. Yeah, we actually, I would love to give a shout out to everybody who sent us screeners this year because it really helped. And we, uh, 
honestly, we were exposed to some pretty great films that way. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for, for allowing us to, you know, love these films, especially because like, I, I'm pretty sure the majority of the films that we love the most were actually the screeners. And that's like, that's not on purpose. That's just a sheer coincidence. Um, I, I hope these films do really well because yeah, I, I adored them. So I guess there's only one short category left to go and uh, it's an interesting one. So <laughs> leaving the, uh, the most lackluster for, for last. Okay. Um, here are your nominees for best document for, yeah, here are your nominees for best documentary short subject. Now, before I continue, I just want to say, um, this is the most overlooked category in all of the Academy Awards because people don't like documentaries. A lot of people overlook shorts and this is the best of both worlds. So I feel like that's already not great. And I feel like this year the nominees just were overall, like the average was like a lot lower. I feel like the animated and the live action shorts were way stronger. And I don't know if you both are in agreement with me. I guess we'll find out. Um, here, here are your nominees. <laughs> Let's just get this over with. Um, we have Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benazir, and When We Were Bullies. Right. So I think James is going? Yes. Alrighty. So my ranking, I put Lead Me Home last. I'm one because there, it was one of those like cinematography-based documentaries where it's like, Look at these people who have to deal with homelessness. It's awful. We need to do something. I'm kind of sick of just the media creation around it, and it, it just needs to be taken care of. It requires legislation. It requires government doing something. It, it really didn't. Do, I didn't learn anything new about homelessness. Honestly, I think especially since they're on the West Coast, they could have looked at more of the nuances on why there's such a homeless problem. Especially like if you know anything about if you're familiar with uh, what Skid Row is, that could have been made a more compelling documentary. And yeah, I, I think it was like, I get why people make stuff like this, but I think it's like, there needs to be more than just look at how bad these people have it. Because a lot of people don't know, I, like, I've like i heard this on a podcast once I looked it up, there are actually like four different levels of homelessness. So it's like, there's a lot more of an issue than just like the bottom of the barrel, like, you know, what we see over here. And homelessness looks different in every area. That's true. Uh, three songs for Benazir. I, I thought it was okay. I, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about it. Like it, 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 it was made. I watched it. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't something I'm gonna run and tell everybody about. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it for that one. I wish I had more to say. Audible, Audible is really interesting because I think this could have been a feature about the entire season instead of just mm. the final game. But also, I, I think it was like what what tone and what purpose were you going for? Because there's like okay, it's dealing with a school for the blind. It's the last football game of the season. Also, one of the main subjects, it, you know, it was kind of like a, it was kind of dipping in suicide awareness territory with one of his best friends. But I, I think they could have kind of beefed it up on every aspect and expanded it. I, I thought it was shot great. And I, you know, I, I think it's a very interesting subject. It just, there wasn't enough. Like I was left wanting more and a little bit more nuance. Now, Number two, I put When We Were Bullies. I'm giving this mostly a credit to the filmmaker's work that he put in. Because it, it deals with an incident, a bullying incident that he was a part of in his class like years ago. And he tracked down so many of his former students. He tracked down the teacher. You know, I think the way it was made and just, you know, the animations he did were great. 
I mean, is it absolutely amazing? No, but I think the the work he put in definitely gets the you know needs to get the credit it deserves. And uh, number one, I'm not really a a sports fan, but I loved the Queen of Basketball. That was my number one. I think the best documentaries are the ones that kind of highlight things that are kind of buried, not necessarily for reasons other than they just often get overlooked. And for those who know, don't know what, or haven't seen what it's about or heard what it's about, it's about um, she was like the first like big women's basketball player who almost got drafted to the NBA to play with men. And it kind of goes through her history and, you know, up, up through playing, you know, playing in high school and then like, I think it was college. And then just kind of up to where, you know, she was almost drafted in the NBA and then she decided not to and just kind of where her life is at. But yeah, I, I think it was great. It was like, it, it was almost, it wasn't as amazing as Summer Soul, but I think, you know, just the fact that we dug up this story that everybody needs to know was great. Who do you think is going to win? I think it's the queen of basketball. I, I think if the Academy doesn't pick that, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like the only one oh. that's actually decent. Okay. It, it, was, it was the most interesting. Yeah. It's funny. I tend to lean the same way on that one. Um, yeah. So number five, I put lead me home. I agree with you. It was kind of bloated and long and it didn't really, it kind of danced around its point. I just didn't think it made a cohesive movie. Um, three songs for Benazir, really good. I think really well put together, just didn't stand out as much as the others in this category. It did tell a compelling story. When We Were Bullies, I think did a lot with innovation, but it also missed a couple of points in the story it could have held up. Like I thought with the bullying, there were there were sort of some life lessons it sailed over that should have been at least addressed. Um, Audible, I put second because I think it was well edited and I, I especially like the sports footage. I thought that was beautifully done and just the, the synchrony of what they did was really excellent. Um, but number one, the queen of basketball. And that's because I think, uh, Lucy Harris, the woman who was the center of the movie was such a compelling person and she was just a really good person to build a narrative around. She actually passed away recently. And I think that this is a great legacy for her to have. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And you think it's going to win? Oh, yeah. I, I think that people are going to fall for it as much as we did. It's funny because I actually watched The Queen of Basketball first, and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is quite a, a high bar. Let's see how the, re- how the rest fares out. And, oh, my goodness, <laughs> went downhill from there. So, uh, number five, and I don't mean to disparage any of the subject matters here, because I think they're all important, but we are judging these specifically in how they hold up as films. Not what they're saying, but how they're being told. Lead Me Home, number f- number five. I mean, it just goes without saying. If a short feels like it's too long, and I mean 40 minutes too long, you've just completely missed the point. And I couldn't agree more. There are documentaries, shorts or features, that specialize in showing cities. They're called City Symphonies. And this could have been interesting because City Symphonies usually highlight what we love about a city. You you can see something like a, a you can see something like a accession, which was nominated this year for Best Documentary Feature, which is similarly going against the grain in the same way that Leave Me Home does, where it's highlighting the problems in society. But when it's a documentary, accession, you see something new. You get new information like every five minutes. With Leave Me Home, you understand it in like two minutes. It does not need to be 40 minutes. It's 
it, it turns a worthy cause into a complete bore and a chore. I don't think it's right. And again, we don't learn anything new. We Homelessness is bad. Absolutely, of course it is. Teach us ways to, like, to, to try and help the situation. Highlight the extremities of it. How do these people get here? Teach us more. This didn't, you know, the fact that it's 40 minutes is one thing. The fact that the Academy was like, let's make this one of the nominees. Like, no, come on. Um, number three, three songs, or sorry, number four, three songs for Ben Azir. I feel the exact same way where I feel like it's, it's you know, competently made. And I feel like it's got something worthwhile of being told. You know, it's, uh, you know, the titular person having to decide what he wants to do to be, you know, a great citizen of, of his country. Does he go to war? Does he stay with his family, which is ever growing? It's, you know, it's a, it's a really, really big dilemma. Having said that, again, we don't really learn much outside of the fact that people live in these situations. So it's definitely better than leave me home. But like, again, I feel like it could have, could have said more. Number three, I have audible. I just want to give a shout out first and foremost to the fact that this thing is so well shot for a documentary, for a documentary short, which are typically the most underfunded types of films you can make. This just looks so good and I feel like it's so well made and I, I kind of wish it was either even shorter and about one specific person in one specific game or a feature as well because I feel like there's so much more to be told. But I'm not going to really split too many hairs here. Number two, when we were bullies, I have to agree, the filmmaking itself is where it excels when it comes to like the uh, the cutouts of the yearbook, you know, like the compilations, the collaging. But I also feel like, you know, having been bullied myself and so many other people just listening or people that I know have been bullied as well, I feel like it glosses over some really, really important things that maybe needed to be said. But again, not going to split too many hairs. Number one, well, Lucy Harris is just incredible. Uh, rest in peace. I'm just so sad that she that she passed away. But at least this is like one final hurrah where the world gets to be associated with such a vibrant character, such a such a loving person. It's such a fantastic athlete. So, yeah, uh, Queen of Basketball, and it's going to win. I do think, though, that the documentary short has been historically the hardest category to predict. I do think I have a very strong feeling about Queen of Basketball, but like last year they gave Colette, which I think we all found underwhelming, so who knows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. I, I mean, I mean, who knows? It, who knows? I feel like Colette might have won because it had that connection with whatever video game it was, it was attached to. Um, oh, yeah. Queen of Basketball is, is Netflix, I think, right? Uh, it was New York Times, I think. I the New York Times. Yeah, it was New York. Yeah, Times. it was New York Times. I watched it on YouTube. Oh, mm -hmm. so right, I saw right, it on YouTube right. back when it was only a short list. So, well, you never know. Uh, go Lucy Harris. Anyway, so uh, you know we we're talking about shorts, and now um, why does this segue work, Rachel? What what else is short? What else has been cut and edited short? The Academy has taken it upon themselves to trim the ceremony for us for people, for various categories, including the three we just discussed. Even though all these categories are important to filmmaking and they are considered mainstream Academy Awards uh, that are usually in the show, they are cutting eight categories. Um, I'm just Googling what they are, but they're all very important. And I think they're often people who get overlooked because they aren't stars. So it really upsets me because... 
It's saying you're not worth as much because you don't sell magazine covers, basically. They're going to be presented before the show, and they claim they're going to play back their speeches slash their wins in the show. I'm not holding my breath that they'll give them any kind of their due. Like, can you imagine getting nominated, and maybe it's the only time in your career, and you win and you don't get to go up on that stage? Like, I would punch them, personally. <laughs> James, do you want to go next? Because I feel like, I feel like I've got... The, the Academy's going to start playing music when I start, so please. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think in regards, I think this is a point where we need to have an actual discussion on whether or not the Academy needs to cut ties with the the traditional cable TV format. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest issue. They're worried about ratings and runtime, and it's like, you, it's 2022. Th- this needs to be take, This needs to be approached differently. I mean, considering the advent of streaming services, YouTube, social media... You still can't stream it in Canada, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I've, I've got like my ancient TV antenna ready to go. Yeah, it's like, you know, if they want to expand their audience, they need to get with the times. And I think that's part of the problem. Like we discussed, you know, how they could do like fan favorite or something like that in, in a different way than just, you know, including it in the show. It's like, yeah, if you you're losing the audience because you're coming off as more than pretentious. Like the Oscars already get a bad rap from a lot of people for the kinds of movies. Like I've seen, like I've seen Oscar movies used as a pejorative. And I, I don't think the Academy helps in that regard. Yeah. Um, by the way, the eight categories are film editing, sound, makeup and hairstyling, score, production design, documentary, short, animated, short and live action, short, which are all important, and it also makes no sense. Why are they cutting sound and makeup but not costumes? Why are they cutting? Why aren't they cutting um, visual effects? You know, I feel that they're going with which categories have the more popular movies, and it just stinks. All right, so uh, this is how I feel about this. I feel like it's a it's a it's an absolute disgrace. I think it's disgusting, and I think it's actually beyond appalling. So these. You're you're trying to use this platform to award filmmakers, yet you have cut out so many categories that actually deal with filmmaking. I like songs. I like acting. These are the tiniest components of filmmaking. You know, when it comes to, you know, the editing of a film has more to do with filmmaking than singing a little ditty. You know, when you're looking at production or you're looking at so many other things that literally have more to do with you know the assembly of the film itself than the acting that inhabited like at the end of the day it's such a slap in the face when you're you're claiming you want to save time because this is going to run overtime yet you hire three hosts not even just one when you had zero hosts before you hire three cut the stupid skits yeah, for a stupid skit. And you have two different voting things. You have two different things where you're like, the fan favorite. The favorite moment? Is this, is this like, you know, is this like MTV Awards? Like, I'm sorry, but this is really stupid. And furthermore, they're claiming that they're going to honor them by actually playing back their win. I believe that they will. In the exact same way they honor the honorary awards by barely presenting them, glossing over them. And I think it's going to be it's going to be an absolute disgrace. Yeah. And there's no sign that they'll go back on it because they tried a couple of years ago and there was such an uproar that they immediately reversed it within a couple of days. And 
in 05, they actually presented, I think it was 05, they presented several of these categories in the aisle. So, like, you still have to give your speech, but you didn't go up on stage because, like, the 30 seconds it takes to walk up there are, are onerous, apparently. But, yeah. And stop giving longer speeches to the stars, guys. <laughs> I know, I know. Like that's that's another way to go about it. Uh, but no, they they don't care about that. So the way I feel about this is, so many blossoming filmmakers or people who you both have alluded to who will never get this opportunity again are now being shunned. So just to riddle off a couple of names, uh, did you know that Oscar winner Ticket Waititi was previously nominated for a short film that he worked on? Had people not noticed, you know, maybe during the presentation, because how many people are going to be paying attention beforehand? Maybe he wouldn't have had the same career because he wouldn't have been noticed. And you can apply the same logic to so many winners and nominees. And I think it's disgusting. You know, there are, there are um, promising filmmakers who can only afford to do shorts not being represented. There are people who assemble your favorite films not being represented. And for what? For people that we already know? We know these people. Use this opportunity like you were trying to before with the categories, like with sound and stuff, when you would show like what sound mixing looks like during the ceremony. Use this as an educational too. Instead, they're trying to pander yep. to the wrong people. They're only pissing off, you know, those who are actually devotees to the ceremony, like ourselves. And at the end of the day, like, you know, sever ties with ABC if they've got you in a stranglehold. Be... Be strong and bold about it. You know, you're trying to honor innovation with the Academy of Science, you know, Motion Pictures and Sciences or whatever, yet you can't even get with the times. So I'm sorry. I'm like livid with this. I'm just going to, I'm going to cut it right there. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's disrespectful is basically the end of it. And a lot of prominent people have come out against it. I don't think they're going to reverse it, but I sure hope they do. We'll just have to see how it goes. I guess. James, do you have anything more to add? Yeah, no, I, I think it's just kind of, as I stated before, I think the problem is the Academy's living in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this concern over ratings, and it's like, in the streaming area, you're concerned about cable ratings? Just accept that you, you aren't good with ratings anymore, and stream welcome it. those. Yeah, exactly, stream it. Those of us who are watching. Yeah, it's so much cheaper, and you can make it accessible globally very easily. And All the Academy is doing is basically being like, um, this person at school doesn't approve of me, yet everybody else does. I'm going to change everything about myself to try and appeal to that one person, and now everybody hates me. Gia, what happened? Well. Or show... Uh a friend of mine suggested that you show clips for each film and then that way everybody gets a little taste of it and then they feel like they're participating. I think that friend of mine is brilliant. So absolutely. There you go. Anyway, uh, we should probably wrap up this episode before we start screaming swear words and James has to put in a lot of bleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Um, this month for Cinematic Smorgasbord, we are doing collectively the sterile cuckoo and we are also doing individually being there bully and wait until dark and you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram under the k-cut the serial cuckoo now is that you know the uh is that the biography of the academy awards i'm just joking so <laughs> we'll wait until dark <laughs> to find out <laughs> ah there you go so that was the k-cut and if you're still listening uh tune in for more oscars goodies and potential ranting uh we are not going into the l-cut 